Welcome to another show of Don't Get This Twisted. I am Rob with my co-host, as always, Tina. How are you doing, Tina? I'm good, Rob. I'm excited for today. I'm super excited because I like to ha-ha. <laughs> right? <laughs> we're we're going to have a, a, a comedian on today, actually a jack of all trades, but we're going to really talk comedy with him. It's one of your friends, so I will let you introduce him. Well, uh, this is my friend, Big Adrian Lopez from Laugh Big. Welcome. Hey, <laughs> How thanks you doing? a lot. <laughs> I'm doing awesome, y'all. I'm doing awesome. It's early, but it's cool. I'll do it. It's fine. Wow. I, I, I'll, I'll work on the introduction next time, Big Adrian. No, you're well, good. <laughs> you got to understand, this, this is what happens. You put me in front of somebody that's making faces and I'm having to be serious. Like, it's not, I'm sorry, Adrian, it's not going to happen. Why don't wow, you? Bla- blame the Mexican. That's fine. I mean, it, it's, it's great. It's, what? See, that's the funny that's thing, Mexican. The, the white guy didn't say anything and I'm looking at both of you. So you knew. It that's fine. Know. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll I'll come up with something to Please blame on him later. Please come up with something. <laughs> this, this is the other way that you should probably do this, Tina. Just so you know, as we're going forward, if we ever want to record these, don't look at him. Just look at the camera. You both. Then you don't have to worry. And you, just, you, just, you just hear him. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm such a freaking like look at me whore. I'm just looking at me going down here, down here. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's so, like 13 year old comedy humor. It's funny. Whatever. Oh, is, there, is there anything? Is, is there anything better than right now? Yeah. Huh? There's nothing there better than that. There's nothing better. Humor. Nothing better than that. Yeah. Dick humor. Dick humor is the best. That's why it, it, it will continue to always be funny. Yep. Dick and that wasn't even on. I, you guys didn't even say that. Where'd that come from? You said 13 year old humor. What do you think thirteen-year-old humor is? About a wiener. <laughs> no, but that's what thirteen-year-old that, humor is. That's what thirteen-year-old humor really is. It's okay, pooping, yeah. dick, on. and balls. That, that's it. That's all it is. Thirteen-year-old <laughs> humor is dick humor. Period. Got it. Well, then it's it's kind of my thing then. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, we're, we're going to talk many things on today's show, but we, we really kind of want to get to know you at first so we can kind of go down the rabbit hole of things to ask you. Um, let, let's start with like basically who you are and how you got into comedy. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm big Adrian. I'm from Orange County, uh, currently residing in Buena Park. Uh, I got into comedy, uh, honestly, just to try it. Um, I've been almost 13 years sober. Uh, off of uh, meth and alcohol. And uh, I was working as a counselor at a treatment center, to be honest with you. And the treatment center worked with a lot of guys that just got out of prison. You know what I mean? Just got out of jail. Um, You know, they were there. I think there was about 90 guys that I was in charge of running groups. And uh, one of the things that I realized was uh, uh, that's a scary place to be, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I think that's why I got so many tattoos. So I I, I kind of mesh in with them. But uh I started cracking jokes, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? I just started cracking jokes. I just started trying to alleviate, I think, the the, the staleness, you know what I mean, the tension in the room. And I just kept on repeating it. Uh, the guys kind of ate it up and they kept on telling me, you know what? You should really, really 
try comedy, man. You'd be good. Now I can crack jokes. I get it. But uh, to get on stage is a whole different deal. So uh, there was actually a talent show later that year. And I said, you know what? Let me try it. So I got up there and like every good comedian, I brought half the audience with me. Um, it was all cousins. Uh, we, it was about 17 cousins. We all fit in one car cause we're Mexican. And, um, I just, I pulled out like another 12 minute set. And, uh, after that, uh, my, uh, comedy partner from laugh big, uh, Patrick Laborio, he had a show, uh, at a recovery spot. And, um, at the Anaheim Milano club, the two Oh two. And, uh, he said he needed comedians and I kind of weaseled my way into it. Like, you know, Oh, you know, talk about 13 year old humor. I was like the guy trying to ask the girl to the prom, you know what I mean? That had no shot. Right. And I'm like, I just want, uh, you know, I wish I could go on stage with you, but I've only done it once. And, um, he's like, dude, I'll put you on stage. Screw it. And I ended up pulling off an 11 minute set. And, uh, I think I kind of surprised everybody. Um, cause I surprised myself as well. Uh, I don't know the last time I lasted 11 minutes. Um, so, uh, I, I think the thing that ends up happening is that, uh, after that, it just kind of took off to be honest with you. Interesting. Yeah. I, I kind of understand where you're coming from with like getting in front of a crowd is not an easy thing to do. So, you know, mostly when all eyes are on you, like when you're in sports, it's much easier cause you're part of a team and you're out there. Um, I did pro wrestling, like we were talking about before. And so when everyone in the building and is looking at the two of you or the one of you, it's much easier to start second guessing yourself or looking at certain people in the crowd <laughs> instead of well, well, see, looking like, at them for, like a crowd. Exactly. I think for me, what ended up happening, though, is I've always been on stage since I've been four. Uh, I was in choir. My dad actually had a very uh, big band in the 70s and 80s. He would open up for Ike and Tina Turner. He would open up for like Malo, War, Willie Nelson, Little Joe and La Familia. Um, and I was part of his band at like six, seven and eight. So I was performing to hundreds of people. Uh, kept on doing choir, started doing a couple shows, uh, theater performances in middle school, uh, in high school. Uh, I went to modern day. Um, uh, went, started doing theater. I started performing opera, competing in opera, actually, uh, at like 14 um, I got to go when I graduated at 17, <clears throat> they called me back as a guest soloist. I got to tour Austria, Germany, Switzerland, Italy. I got to sing a solo for the Pope in his summer home. Uh, oh, and then wow. I got to do some plays and acting, uh, in college. Um, and then I got to be part of like, you know, Spanish TV shows, some indie films, some student films. I love being on stage, but the thing is comedy, there's a connection that's scary. That's what's the scary part. I don't mind performing. There's that fourth wall. I perform. You applause or laugh. I'm good with that. But when it's comedy, it's just straight connection. That that was the big barrier for me was the connection part. Hmm. I'd imagine that I would mean, be. I can kind of understand that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that was that. That was to my big thing. Huh? No, I I would say like to me like comedy is the one thing that you 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 have to actually kind of you know, bring that crowd into you and try to make them understand both you and you understanding them kind of at the same time. Where well, it's yeah, like I think, I think with comedy, mm -hmm. the one thing that ends up happening for me is you're going someplace to laugh, but you're almost like, okay, fucker, make me laugh. You know what I mean? It's, it's like the weirdest thing. Like when I go to a movie, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch the movie. Let's see what's happening. But with comedy, I, I think there, there, there's a, a bit of a, 
you know, uh, like I have to try to work hard to make you laugh, but you're coming to laugh. Right. Um, so there's a weird kind of pressure. I think that might happen. Um, usually when we're in the back in the green room, getting ready, we kind of did this before the show. We're just kind of, you know, chopping it up. We're, we're psyching each other up probably like we're going to go out on a wrestling match or something. Come on, bro. You got this brother. Come on. I mean, we're, we're starting to do like, (laughs) you know, 1980s wrestler promos. Come on, brother. We got this snap into slim Jim or something. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to do that with each other (laughs) to psych each other up really. Yeah. Because walking through that curtain is the greatest thing in the world, but it's also can be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing there's to me I, um I, i'm i've never done drugs so for me that's the best drug ever walking through a curtain and making a crowd pop there's nothing better than that yeah and, there isn't there isn't the, the rush the rush is insane so oh, totally my nipples are hard just talking about this right now it's just great <laughs> yeah yeah i get to totally right um <laughs> so <laughs> So for for you know, the me, funny the part thing is, is, I was actually looking down there to check, but never mind. We're yeah, black uh, shirt, you know. Uh, it's yeah, I'm white, so relax. Um, <laughs> so at, at the end of the day, oh, so no. you you've kind of taken this small journey of being on the stage and this and it, then you do your first gig. So after your first gig, wh- where did that start turning to? Obviously, being part of uh, a crew of people or, you know, trying to, you know, with with laugh big, where, where did that go? Or did you have to take many, many these small little gigs and until you decided to do that? Um, I actually started getting into uh, after that, that, that first gig, I guess. Right. Where I got a spot. Uh, Patrick Laborio kind of got me on to stage. Um, there was another gentleman, uh, Johnny flowers. He does a lot of promoting around orange County. Uh, he knows a lot of comedians. Actually, I've worked with them for years. He told me to start going to his open mic night. And I started seeing people there, uh, uh, Dylan Garcia, Aaron Thompson, uh, Batman Rhodes. I mean, there was a lot of different people that were there. Uh, Aaron Thompson, I think he's currently, or he did currently just tour with cat Williams. Um, you know what I mean? And, uh, Dylan Garcia was on, uh, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, Fluffy's, uh, standup revolution. When he had that show, he was a very, I think one of the youngest comedians there. And I did, I did uh, some shows with Dylan, um, in some treatment centers, you know, a couple little venues, but then at the same time, I was getting close to like five years of being a drug, uh, uh drug and alcohol counselor. I was getting really burned out. I mean, it really does happen. It kind of drains you. Uh, we were talking before Rob about, you know, the, the, the physical drain uh, of, you know, uh, being a wrestler and whatever, uh, working in treatment, it's a very big emotional and mental drain. Uh, we don't really do nothing. I mean, we just sit and, and really talk, but, you know, connecting with people and trying to have them really, you know, try to find a way for them to open up, maybe try to find a way for them to, uh, hear something. It just gets draining. And around that time I was getting drained. So I moved out to Vegas. Actually, I said, I'm not going to, be a counselor anymore. I'm getting out of the treatment. I don't want to be a clinician. Uh, I just want to do tattoos. I want to do stand up comedy. So I moved to Vegas, actually. And I was doing a lot of different venues out there. Uh, hole in the walls, urban rooms where they're not just urban rooms. They're, it's, it's a black lounge, uh, but they call it urban rooms. Uh, you know, I, I think I performed at a pizza pizza place, I think one time or whatever. And I'm still waiting for my crazy breads, um, which is funny. <laughs> Um, 
there was just a lot of different venues that I was that I was hitting. I was actually winning competitions uh, out there. Uh, I actually was supposed to perform at the Stratosphere uh, later that year, I think, after I won a competition. Um, but then after a while, I was like, you know what? It's cool to be in Vegas, but man, when the when it's daytime, it is really dry out here. It's there's nothing going on. So I came back to Orange County. I put down counseling for, I mean, a uh, comedy. I think for about a year and a half, maybe two. Then I started getting hooked up with people again, and we started doing venues and uh, was doing some of the comedy uh, at the recovery places, treatment stuff, just to kind of get up uh, following again. And then I was supposed to perform right before COVID hit at the rec room and then at the Brea Improv. A week after the show, the last show right before the rec room in Huntington Beach, man, COVID hit and it was like everything was canceled. And I was like, this socks balls. I'm just saying right now, COVID <laughs> just put a stop to everything. Um, so I did another show last year. And then uh, this year I, I kind of uh, hooked up with uh, Pat, Patrick Laborio. Uh, we started doing some tattoos, talking, you know what I mean? And started saying, hey, let's get this laugh big thing going. You know, we're, we're kind of getting off of the COVID thing. Uh, people need to laugh right now. You know what I mean? Humor and comedy mm-hmm. is, the, is the big thing right now, right? And mm-hmm. I think that personally, uh, what ended up happening was we kind of just got up and we said, hey, let's start doing some shows and, you know, let's start loading some stuff up. Hey, let's start... Uh, doing this and that and trying to get the word out there that it's okay to laugh again. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, me and Patrick were just uh, let's get it. You know what I mean? He's got years into this, you know what I mean? And we we have a pretty big crowd of people uh, that kind of know us already uh, from where we're at. And uh, personally, I think it was uh, just right time, right people. It's the right thing to do right now. And we just got in there. Hey, Rob, there you are. There you're back. Uh, but it was just the right time. I think right now is the, the perfect time to get comedy and laughter in here. And to, for, for people to know, it's OK. You know, what I mean, if we're still here, I know a lot of people and I, I myself lost a lot of people from covid natural life situations, addiction, because, you know, I, I know a lot of people in, in, in recovery and addiction. Dude, right now is the perfect time to start laughing again. It's the perfect time to to shrug to off the last living. few years. Yes, 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 totally. And that's one of the things we say, laugh big or go home. You know what I mean? Because right. uh, now's the time to do it. So. So do you have anything up and coming? Yeah, we actually have a few shows uh, that are up and coming. Uh, May 29th, we have uh, a show at the Costa Mesa Alano Club. May 29th is a Sunday. It's a 1 p.m. It's a day show. It's literally just me and Patrick Laborio. Uh, he's going to probably do like a 45 minute set. I'm going to close it with about an hour set. Uh, we're going to have merchandise there, hats, uh, shirts, wristbands, stickers, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but Costa Mesa Lotto Club, I think it's like $10 a, a ticket or whatever. Um, but it's just going to be us to kind of get there. It's an outdoor venue. Uh, so we're going to be doing that May 29th, Costa Mesa Lotto Club, 1 p.m. And then we're going to be having, I believe it's June 25th. Uh, we're having a show. I think it's an evening show at the Fountain Valley Alano Club. And then more gigs are coming up because we're getting a lot of people that are just, uh, you know, calling and saying, you know what? We like what you're doing. We like what we see. And uh, we're ready to laugh big. You know what I mean? Uh, and like I nice. said, I think it's the time to, to get it done. But yeah, uh, May 29th is the first one. And then uh, June 25th is the second one. The first one is at Costa Mesa Alano Club. And the second one will be at Fountain Valley Alano Club. And the Fountain Valley has done a lot of uh, 
famous people. I know Alonzo Bowden was there. Uh, you know, a lot of different uh, comedians I've seen actually in my early recovery there. Um, so they're kind of bringing comedy back, which is awesome. Nice. Sorry, I fell out. Are you on? <laughs> my, my, my power blipped out. Last thing I heard was, I'm Caucasian from white, bro. And then all of a sudden he just tuned out. I was like, oh, was it the Mexican comment or Nipples comment? I didn't know what was happening there. So. <laughs> oh, no. You're good. My best friend's Mexican. And I oh, love wait, tacos, and, so. Oh, yeah. I, actually, I'm probably going to get and some tacos tonight. he knew me tonight, when I was Mexican, so. I, I did know you when you were Mexican. <laughs> I, I like to tell people... I like to tell people I'm the worst type of Mexican, though. I'm more of an office Mexican. I like air conditioning and I got a good credit score. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. You, you, you do well with my best friend. He's a he's a yeah, coconut. I don't like being in the sun and I don't eat avocados. So, ooh yeah, they don't they kick you out of the club for that. I think so, but I'm already on this side of the wall, so I think I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, they, I'm, too, <laughs> a good, I, I'm too big to throw me back over to uh, the other team, so, point. you know, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> that's uh, funny. What, so, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I missed a bit, so, um, but I, I guess we can kind of go down the, the, the rabbit hole now of, like, the reality of comedy in today's day and age, because, sure. as, as you know, um, uh, comedians are just getting blasted. Um, Chappelle, obviously, uh, Rogan, Rogan for other, not other than comedy, but Chappelle's <laughs> yeah, gonna comedy. Say, yeah. um, you know, uh, Chris Rock, <laughs> which I thought was a pretty tame joke and was really kind of complimenting on her looking good. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, I, I thought he was, I, I thought he was. I literally thought that he was actually commenting on the dress. I had no idea what was going on. And uh, so, yeah, that, that, I have my own comedy bit about that. But, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> let's just keep it at that for right now. Um, Does, do, do you think that affects your writing as a comedian now with with worrying about the public and someone you know, doxing you or outing you or coming at, you know, now people with the internet, you know, so many armchair quarterbacks that just like to talk shit because they can, um, mm. they'll just try to, they'll just continue and continue and continue to blast you out until they get rid of you. Um, so I was talking about like when I first was doing comedy and then I moved out to Vegas, right. Um, I realized when I moved to Vegas, nobody knew me in another state. And uh, in Orange County, you know, people would know me uh, because of my recovery, because I worked in treatment, because I either helped them or, or counseled them. There, I, I kind of already felt stifled, to be honest with you. And when I went to Vegas, I think it was the first night I was at this bar doing an open mic. And I looked around and I was like, nobody knows me. And I said, you know what? This is the perfect time to reinvent let's go ahead and let's do it. I took off the shackles and I started being like the most raunchiest straight out person uh, ever. And honestly, it helped me to build a little bit more of a confidence of what I could say. I mean, you know, I, I've had my battle with addiction. I've, I've had, you know, been arrested. I have felonies, uh, all sorts of stuff. I mean, I got three baby mamas. I mean, I don't really think anything the public's going to tell me. I probably haven't heard from those three ladies, to be honest with you, or from the child support uh office um so 
personally, uh, you know, I, I think the thing that ends up happening is I have what I call a comeback story when it comes to having this sobriety, right? And and, and knowing where I come from, and I'm very open about where I come from uh, with my sobriety. And, uh, you know, with the public eye, I'm like, you know what? I'm already a comeback story. I mean, it's going to come back. I already went through the worst of everything I did after 15 years of using and drinking. Uh, shoot, bring it on. You know what I mean? If I'm still in the game, like, say whatever you want. There's nothing that the public's going to say to me that I don't probably say to myself 15 times worse. I'm right. like my own worst critic, to be honest with right. you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will see somebody in the audience that one person that doesn't laugh and I'm going to think, damn, I'm not funny, but everybody else is giving me a standing ovation and I'm trying to like make that one person laugh. And I think that's just, you know, as, as an artist, as a performer, as a comedian, I think that's just what ends up happening. I think we're our, our own worst critics anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. So, that's wrong. With it's that, definitely with that. something like for me, even, even doing this, like I get off tilt all the time and I'm, it makes me nervous. The whole thing makes me nervous. And Rob's like, Oh, just keep doing it. Just keep hanging out with me. And I don't know. I guess at some point that's what you got to do is just keep trying until you're not feeling like that. Just keep swimming. I got one messed up fin and uh, let's just keep going. You know what I mean? I think that's what it works. And I heard you guys are actually going to be going uh, going a little more video. Uh, Vermont hearing that plans, right? For I, I hope to. I think that there's going to be something to that. Um, look, we all live in that video age. It's a it's a both sides thing. Um, definitely. I want to use it to promote at least people going to the regular podcast. So uh, there's yeah, yeah awesome. I, I got I got a bunch of plans. So. Just a matter of implementing them and getting them going. Yeah, see. No, I got you. I got you. That's good Tina's shaking her head like, no, don't do this. And she looks great (laughs) on camera. I don't know. Look at She's smiling. She's got her Jamba juice. She's wearing black like the rest of us. I think we're we're all good right now. I showed up. (laughs) (laughs) After she went dancing, she woke up at like five in the morning. Because uh, she jogged Went about 15 work. miles or something. Well, what did you do? You trimmed your dog's toenails. What, what else happened? I don't know. I just went to work for a while, got a Jamba Juice, and now I'm here with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. You're yes. welcome. <laughs> Look, so, you know, co- comedy is the thing I love about comedy. It's, it's subjective, right? So um, mm-hmm. funny to you is not funny to the other person and vice versa. Um, obviously I think with comedy though, that you're always trying to tell a story that someone can relate to. Um, are you more of a, um, a situational comedy guy? Like, do you use your real life, um, adventures as part of your bits or do you kind of mix some of that with what's going on in the world? You know, those kind of things. Like, like we were talking about before, like I'm a huge, I love Jesselnik and he's uh, utterly offensive. But he does like a lot of these little one liners. And and I love that with um, with comedians where like like I was watching uh, Daniel Tosh one time and he would go. So my girlfriend for this bit's Asian. And then he would tell the joke. <laughs> so like, oh, OK, I got you. Got you. Yeah. He would he would throw that out to you like uh, my girlfriend's not Asian, but she is for this joke because I she has to be for this joke. And I think that, that th- I think that works because it kind of it, it pads the landing. He's just like, I'm going to make an offensive Asian joke. But just so you know, like, I really don't have a girlfriend for it. I guess. Right, 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 right. Yeah. 
so so that how do you write? Padding. Like, what is your what is your writing um, thing? Um, so I. When I was early in, in, in comedy, I, I figured I'd do what probably not a lot of people do and maybe go to a comedy workshop. And uh, this comedian, Chris Sim, uh, Simpson, actually, um, he held this uh, comedy workshop. And I, I went to one of them and I was like, yeah, I, I, I can't go to any more. Um, but because uh, of my work schedule and stuff like that. But he had mentioned something in a, a few tidbits that I kind of got. And one of the things that he said, he goes, get funny. From right now, you got to get funny. You got to see things with humor. You got to get funny. Now, I've always seen things in a weird perspective anyway. Uh, Tina knows we've had lots of conversations that just go off the rails. That's for sure. Um, But he said, get funny. And when he said that, I was like, well, what does he mean? But it was this weird, like, unlock, like, hey, by the way, you start looking at certain situations. You start looking at, like certain things that happen you know i started seeing when when famous people were dying i was like oh my god i already got a joke and i was like dude that's so offensive and probably not the right timing but for me it was hilarious you know what i mean the sick Um, and twisted uh, it kind of was and i think that uh, (laughs) i've I've heard a lot of times before you know people getting pissed off about stealing jokes whatever there's a bit that i do and i think it's like a 90s r&b group bit that i do and uh, uh, some comedians tell me, like, dude, that is hilarious because I, I, I do some singing, you know, like I, I told you before, I've done some singing before. So I've incorporated some of that in my comedy. And um, I start talking about 90s R&B singers. And um, one of the things that happens is I was hearing comedians going, dude, you tell that joke so well. And he goes, I've heard people tell variations of that joke. But the way you spin it, how you do it, the fact that you incorporate singing it's a whole new twist that makes it your bit. And I go, awesome. Love it. Um, if you're doing and I actually uh, was at the rec room last month and one of the comedians was like, look, I'm going to repeat this joke. It is not mine, but I'm going to say the joke anyway. <laughs> and when he said the joke, everyone started laughing. He goes again. Why are you laughing at this if it's not my joke? I stole this. You're <laughs> laughing at the felony that I just created. And I thought it was hilarious how he took that, you know, disclaimer, mm-hmm. right, to do that. But I think for me, I just use my own personal life, my perspective, uh, you know, things that I go through. I'm always out and about. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, last night I went to a, a dance recital for uh, like my, my, my ex-stepdaughter. Well, she's my stepdaughter, but uh, I'm not with her mom anymore. And uh, I was cracking jokes right off the bat. I was just thinking like, oh, my God, and like my head wouldn't stop. So if you're ever hanging with me and uh, you'll see me start chuckling, just know there's a joke or a bit just on its way. I'm already creating. It's happening. I tried to write the problem that ends up happening. It starts becoming like a Chronicles of Narnia bit because I'm writing every (laughs) single variation. You know, the Prince Caspian is going to come out of this joke somehow. And uh, I just can't keep writing. So I'll write like a few little words and just rem- I have to remember because uh, I have pages and pages of jokes that are written and I've never said them. But I like to keep things current. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in the next in the next comedy show, uh, I got to touch on the Will Smith slap thing. I mean, I have my own take on it. It is what it is. But uh, there's some other jokes I can pull out. But it, I try to keep it current. I can't. Um, I keep saying the same joke for like 15 years. It just, it just doesn't work. You know, there's right. so much life that happens from today uh, till 
you know, next week. I mean, after this, you know, I'm, I'm doing some stuff later, probably tattooing this weekend, but I'm also hitting a Halloween maze in April because I'm that sick. You know what I mean? I need to be about around death and skeletons uh, <laughs> as many times of the year as I can. Uh, and even from there, I'm just thinking, oh, my God, like everybody that I'm rolling with is like bigger than I am. Fuck my car. I don't know if it's going to make it. I got over a ton of Mexican meat uh, in my SUV. Uh, it's getting an oil change at the moment and tire pressures just to make it to Thousand Oaks tonight. Uh, I think when we get there, it's going to probably be like 500 Oaks. You know what I mean? Uh, there's not going to be a thousand anymore. So, but yeah, it's just stuff That's just rude. goes. I just, I just can't stop, you know? So. Oh no. Yeah. I think, I think one of the, the biggest things, Rob, to be honest with you with comedy Make it your own. There's always somebody that's going to laugh with it. But if, if you're cool with it, if you're laughing with it, I think you kind of mentioned about the stifling with comedians and like what they get to say. Dude, just roll with it. Somebody's going to find it funny. There's always going to be a critic. There's always going to be somebody that takes it wrong. Um, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? And I think anything it's more can be taken up. wrong if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, for sure. Rob. No, yeah, I, right I mean, though. I remember I remember. I remember I was, I was actually uh, at the Brea Improv, I think, or something. And I think uh, I'd seen a couple of Carlos Mencia shows, uh, you know, just as specials. And then I went to see him live. Uh, and it was like, dude, he attacks everybody. And then everybody got offended. I said, but he's including you, though. You know what I mean? I think he has a, a bit. <laughs> I think he has a bit about uh, uh, I think it was a, a paraplegic or something that was like, you better make fun of me the right way. Like, don't ex- you know, don't not <laughs> include me. And you're joking. I'm like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that, uh, they're jokes, you know, they're, they're jokes. So, and yeah. I think that once we all start thinking that way again, what <laughs> uh, the, the world will be a better place. You know, people are so, uh, offended, just brittle. <laughs> they're brittle. People now are brittle. Like you barely you know you know give them a little flick and they break all over instead of you know look the world's already a tough place comedy is supposed to be the place you go to let off steam and actually laugh at how dark the world is and i think that that that's like some of the bigger problems like the people that i know who have done stand-up or are around stand-up guys most people who are in stand-up are dark people they're they're not okay you know Mm -hmm. they no, we're you, not. Yeah, because you because <laughs> you look at the world in a very twisted way, and and I think the more society would do that, the better it would be, because then you're not taking things so heavy. You know, what right? I, mean? I think I think the, the, the brittleness, though, the brittleness, Rob. Uh, honestly, for me, I think everybody's trying to have a sense of control in this world, a sense of identity, a sense of who they are, where they belong, you know, where they're supposed to be. And when anything kind of gets close to maybe attacking or poking a hole in that fantasy and that of their reality they've created, that's where a lot of people get defensive. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's true. I, I, I have a bit, I have a bit about, uh, gender that, you know, back in the, you know, the eighties, you know, we didn't really know and care what your gender was, what you, you were, you were claiming your pronouns. I would not give a crap. I would watch He-Man and then right after watch Strawberry Shortcake and nobody gave a shit. You know what I mean? Like we, we, I was watching Care Bears, Rainbow Bright and G.I. Joe, you know, in sequence, damn it. And, it, you know, I, I don't think it was that back then, it, it, you know, things were simpler. But I, I think that, you know, everybody just kind of 
I mean, as a kid, and I remember a lot of kids that I played with, we just were grateful that we had cartoons. You know what I mean? We just grateful mm-hmm. that there was a block in the afternoon and Saturday morning. That was our time, you know what I mean, <laughs> to go watch cartoons. And I didn't even care what kind of cartoon. I was like, strawberry shortcake? Yeah, fuck that pie man. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I was at with it. <laughs> You know, oh, Rainbow Bright? Hell yeah. I even have a bit about the Care Bear stare, dad dang it. You know what I mean? I think I was so chubby <laughs> as a kid, I painted a Care Bear stare on my belly, and me and my friends were trying to play ninjas, and I ripped off my shirt, and I showed them my Care Bear stare, and they were like, oh, this is major. But they were making fun of me because of what I was watching, or you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, but man, that funny. Care Bear stare was, uh, was great. But yeah, I didn't care. You know, as long as I had sugar cereals and cartoons, I was a happy kid. You know, and now yeah. now it's gone from that to I was at Bath and Body Works yesterday and on a girl's name badge, it said what pronouns she would like to be referred <laughs> to as. And I was like, are you kidding? We have to worry about that. It buying a candle because that's yeah. that's how far it's gone. That's the insanity. And that was just yesterday. <laughs> that's the insanity. Yeah, that's that's the why everything pisses everybody off. I think it's funny, though, because I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, what? as long as you don't call me a they or a them, because I'm a big guy, I will take offensive if I look like more than one person. You know what I mean? Yeah, me uh, too. I, I'm, a big I'm with you on that. Yeah. It's like, th- that's the you last know? thing I want to be called. Right? Well, people don't even see me as Mexican, apparently, because uh, I really don't have the, you know, traditional Mexican features. I don't know. Maybe I'm not selling oranges or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't have a sombrero on or a donkey behind me. Uh, but some people call me uh, Islander, Samoan, Hawaiian, Italian, um, Native American. Uh, so I'm okay. But I got Native American, French, and uh, uh, Mexican in my bloodline. So it, it's, it meshes well. Well, it's nice that there were some white people that raped your family. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, we and that's we why I speak like this. Much, we, we pretty much did. <laughs> and that's why I speak like this. I'm just letting you know right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did. A, I did a, a, a in Vegas. I did a, 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 a comedy show contest. And uh, the guy, when I got off stage, he goes, man, you're funny, bro. But I, don't, I I'm confused. He goes, you say you're Mexican. You kind of move like you're black. You look like you're Hawaiian, but you talk like you're white. And I'm like, dude, that means everybody can get into me. That's fine. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> You know, I'm not I mean, getting to me that way, though, Rob. Don't don't you know, start smiling. Too I mean, big, so. you just have to say how many fingers, man. <laughs> <laughs> All wrong. All wrong. Um, yeah, because like, it, like, again, comedy over the years has, has changed so much. I, I can't tell you who the comedian was, but uh, it had to be a bit from like 20 years ago. And the first thing he did, the very first thing he comes out, and he goes, he goes, first of all, I think he was an, uh, an Italian guy, but he walks out and he goes, American Indians fight harder next time. That was the <laughs> opening line of his bit. And I was like, holy shit. Like, That's hilarious. But, but those are like getting punched in the face moments. Those are the ones where like, you know, right away what you're in for, you know, and, sure. and, and some comedians are builders where like. They'll give you a, a, a couple of little small bits where they're not really bad. And then they'll punch you in the face or they'll lead in. Like, I love Tom Segura. And I, have you seen Ball Hog? Yes. Okay. Where, where yes. he's talking about where he's talking about his dog and his kid. And he goes, he goes, I, he goes, I'm not trying to shit on people who are pet owners that think that they're kids. But they, he goes, they're not. They're, they're, they're your dog. Yeah. He goes, I'll give you an example. If that dog 
bit my kid, he goes, without a doubt, the first thing I would do is drown that dog. And he, yeah. goes, he goes, <laughs> right? would, he goes, I'd put it underwater and he goes, he goes, I'd keep it down through the yelps. He goes, and he goes, then what I would do is I'd get that dog after it was dead and I'd throw it at my kid's feet and see, you see what I had to make, what you made me do? Like, and you can see the and that's people the Mexican in the crowd. side of Tom. Just to let yeah, you know, that's the Mexican totally. side of Tom. And, and it was totally like you could see, and he did it in Texas and, and you could see the crowd like didn't know what to do like some yes. of them were laughing hysterically and he goes he goes yeah this joke usually cuts the crowd into two different people <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that i saw tom last year uh, summer uh in vegas actually now when you see tom you forget he's like got some latino in him of course yeah. the segura part but when you see me like this white guy but when he comes out he comes out to some like 90s hardcore rap and I'm like, yeah. oh, he's hood, too. So I think it's hilarious because it's kind of like that. I know what I'm getting, but I kind of don't. And, and I come with disclaimers and I'm a storyteller. I just build up a story. But some people are like, oh, if you can get one of those, I'm covering my mouth and saying, oh, then I'm like, oh, OK, we're going to have a good show. Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be some right. shock factor, uh, some real talk. But Tom, Tom, I loved when I went to Tom because I, I was, you know, you get a mixture of people in the audience. You know, and with Tom, like I said, you almost forget that he's got Latino in him. Uh, right. You see the Tom, not the Segura, right? The, the and, bit um, where he talks about his mom and like shitting on her on Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because like his mom's super Hispanic and super religious, and like he goes, the best day to like make her upset is on Christmas. So he uh, yes. he went to her and he goes, so uh, what? Do you, <laughs> what? Do you, he go, it, literally, he goes. He goes. She was making breakfast, and she goes. Uh, he, he goes. I walked into the kitchen and goes. So uh, what are you going to do when dad dies? That's what he said during <laughs> Christmas morning. What? What are you going to do oh. when dad dies? And like it went through this whole bit That's in the end. She's like, oh, Tom, Tom. And at the end, she walks away and he looks over at his dad. And he goes, I'm just going to get some blonde, big titted woman. That's like, <laughs> so I'm telling you, Segura, if you haven't seen him, Tina, you have to see him he, like in his world tour right now. Like he comes up with these great, the name of his tour is I'm coming everywhere. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's, you know, so, I, you know what I you're getting realized when you go I, see I'm Segura. so far out of the loop yes. with this. You have no idea. Oh yeah. yeah. You, I, I saw him start watching TV last again. year. I've seen Bill Burr. I think it's later this year. Uh, yeah, I, I try to see some comedy uh, myself just to go out there and kind of laugh, but I'm really selective, I guess. Um, but I also got to make sure that I'm just an audience member and I'm not like doing research. Yes, that's a big one. I, I, I kind of understand that, you know, like when I would go to wrestling shows, you have to kind of step back and try to be yes. a fan and not because I've been to shows while I was a wrestler and literally breaking down matches and and like telling my friends next to me like this is shit. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, you've done that you, to me. <laughs> and yeah, dude, and I did can't. that. I did that last night at the dance recital. It was a high, high school dance recital, and I was like, no, they fucking suck. They were off tee. I actually get up there and show them how to. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm like, bro, like it's it's fine. It's gonna be weird. You know what I mean? It's gonna be weird if you go up there with a lot of high school people. There's a felony gonna be created there. Or right. Some kind of restraining order is gonna happen. I think so. Yeah. Your your parole officer might not enjoy that. Uh, yeah. I mean. Try to catch me. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. uh, 
But no, I think it is. I think you mentioned it though. When you, when you get so much in the like in, in the spotlight, it's kind of hard for you to sit back and allow the spotlight to happen, you know, somewhere else. I think that's where, you know, with, with me and, and, and Patrick uh, Laborio and Laugh Big, we, we kind of mentioned it like, hey, man, we, we want to get up, but like we can support each other coming up. And I think that's something that, you know, for, for a lot of people, you got to be surrounded by uh, like like minded people. You got to get the right crew, uh, the people that are supportive. And uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, right now is like the right time and the right people in the right place because there's so much support. Uh, one of my friends back in uh, Mississippi, actually, her son does a designing, so he's he's actually doing all the shirts. He just, he's actually doing it right now as we speak. I should be getting him in a few weeks. This other person wanted to help us videotape. Another person wanted to help us edit. So, but we started learning how to do that ourselves. Um, but I think it's you get the right support around you and the right uh, you know the right people that are kind of looking at the vision. You know what I mean? And uh, and it just makes it work. You know, uh, I think a lot of people kind of sometimes lack vision. It's not motivation. I think it's just vision, to be honest with you. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like when 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 you are just so spread everywhere with where your focus is at, what's supposed to happen. I mean, I got two uh, full time job, a part time job. I got a side business and I got the comedy thing, plus my recovery, plus the kids. I'm like, dude, how do I have time for all this? Because everything's pinpointed in direction. And I think the jokes, like what you're talking about, Rob, I think those jokes hit straight. There's no there's no extra meat fat on that on that joke. It's just straight, here we go, this is what you're in for. And I usually get that a few times in my set and I said, Hey, if you don't like the fact that I cuss, if you don't like the fact that uh, you know, you're here to laugh, then you're probably gonna have a horrible time right now because that's what this is intended <laughs> to do. And exactly. if you can get a couple of shock Oh, I can't believe he said that. No, he didn't. Um, well, then, you know, you, you might not be doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, for me personally, um, I like to know that I, I put everything out there. I'm pretty sure as a wrestler, you were the same way. You know what I mean? As long as I put that yep. sweat on the mat, I'm cool. Uh, and uh, I've walked off of stages where I'm like, damn, that set sucked. And they're like, dude, you killed it. I'm like, I don't know what I killed. I mean, what did I kill tacos? Uh, like, you know what I mean? Because uh, I can kill a plate of tacos. Again, I'm probably getting those tonight. Um, I think for me personally, it's just if you can put it out there, uh, you know, that that's part of the performance, man. Uh, that's part of the, the gig. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to, you know, if you're going to go out there and do it, put everything on the line, you know, make sure you're going sure. out there. And look, we've all gone out and shit the bed <laughs> at some point you know whether it's in front I, thought, of, I was thinking like which which baby mama were you talking to bro how'd you know my story uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that's what happens when you drink too much um oh, there you go but you you do have to go back and and we're we're our own worst critics like like you said you you can walk backstage i've walked through the curtain and was like fuck that was shit and had people in the back go yeah man it was this this and this and this and you're like uh and then you you know like for me it was easy because i could watch it over i would just go and watch what i did because we would tape them um and it, that's how i got better and better and better and i think that there's something about controlling a crowd and i think with with mm. comedy and and uh single sports where people are watching you only um you can control that crowd like that's the best part like if if you're if you're doing bits that you think aren't uh making the crowd pop 
you can throw in a joke early. You know, if you're not telling a long story or as a comedian, I think what you got going for you is you can kind of turn the, you know, keep on the story and kind of, you know, direct it a little, you know, outside, tell a couple other funny jokes and bring it back to that same that same joke without going too far outside of your time limit. Well, and I think the thing is also like whenever I don't get the response that I want or I get the silence or whatever, which I I try to keep the flow just going. Right. Uh, I think that one of the biggest things that a lot of comedians do, and you'll, you'll see this uh, with with a lot of people like Bill Burr and and whatever, just if there's a silence in in the show, they address it, just address it. It's happening. It's right now. Now, like, Oh, it got quiet in here. Didn't it? And it's like, cause everybody gets over this. You mentioned that whole, like, we don't know if we're supposed to laugh at this or not. So when you address something, I think it's, you know, it's kind of hard to skate around something that's happening in the now. I've had shows where we were filming and somebody walked in front or somebody was sitting on the side of the stage and I was going, well, shit, Uh, you know, you kind of have to address it and you have to make, you know, this is what's happening right now. You know what I mean? Or this is what's going on. I've had a button fall off and I'm like, shit, I need I need to start losing weight. Um, You know, (laughs) you kind of address what's going on. I think it's the same way with with the world. I mean, if, if, if stuff's going on in the world, uh, and you have a perspective on it, uh, yeah, you're going to have the jokes that kind of rally the crowd on your side. But a lot of times it's like, well, I want to throw something new that's happening. I want to kind of skate around, um, you know, and, and attack and not really attack, but kind of bring this into the limelight to let people know that I know what's going on in the world too. Uh, I've, I've worked with people that just, they have the same jokes for, you know, six, seven, 10 years. And it's the same bits. And I'm like, a lot's happened in six, seven or 10 years, man. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. Your style has to progress. I mean, you can't, you you can, you can lay on jokes that, that you, you know, might get a pop here and there, but you still have to fill the rest of that night with current things. You know, you're right. Sure. You know, you can't be telling jokes about 1970. And don't you want you could try? Re- I mean, don't you want people coming back if you're saying the same thing? What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that uh, like Rob, you know, was uh, talking about about recording. I don't like to see my recordings. I like to see it like later, 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 maybe a, a few bits. I don't think I could get into seeing a whole recorded show myself because then I'll, I'll become my own fan and uh, expect a lot of me, <laughs> I think. Um I think that's what's going to happen. I'm going to be like, I would sleep with that guy. Um, You know what I mean? I think that would kind of happen a lot. But no, I I think the fact is, is uh, whenever I see me, I kind of see my size. So, of course, I've been on this like weight, you know, uh, trying to work on my weight a little bit more, try to get more, more, you know, healthy uh, going on. But I think that sometimes I'll see a bit that doesn't work. Sometimes I'll be too critical. Uh, A lot of the shows just kind of I like to flow organic. I'll have like certain all right, I'm going to touch on dating. I'm going to touch on the on the slap thing. I'm going to touch on the shoot the Johnny Depp trial right now. Holy crap! Does he need a hug right? on that stand? Fuck, dude, that bitch uh, is crazy. Oh my god, uh, that reminds me of one of my exes actually. So you I have all I your feel fingers totally. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. You're, not you're, all of you're my money to your though. Uh, you're you're doing better money. than Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but no, I, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on where I'm like, oh, I need to write something about this, man. You know what I mean? So um, I think that that keeps it current. But like you're right, Tina, I think that what ends up happening, um, 
I like the fact that I can go and I'm not going to get the same show. I've seen Felipe Sparza a few times and mm-hmm. every show that I've been at, I'll be honest with you, it's the, it's a way different show. I was even in his taping. Actually, if you look at his Netflix taping that he did, I'm in the third row, uh, in the third row there, you can actually see me. And, uh, it's always different. And I, and I like that about, uh, comedians, you know what I mean? Uh, sometimes it should be like that. that. If you're, if you're only funny once, you're not a comedian. You know what you I had mean? A good you only night. Had that one show. Yeah, you, you had, had a really good night. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I like I like to go and see live comedy, but if it's if I have to see the same thing twice, I'm bored. Sure. It's sure. Just wait it. Now, I've had I've had shows where I say similar jokes, but I've twisted them just a little bit or added a little bit or taken out uh <sighs> where it has um really been able to be a different set a different joke i have this uh one bit about uh when it was the the, the election happening and, and and the country was really rob you're talking about divided the country was really divided during that election the last election mm-hmm. especially yep. and i had this joke where i was going like man i was seeing people and i was kind of nervous and i was like man I, you know where's the country going and i and i came up with this bit about people really unifying the country if you really want to get everybody unified, put a Mexican on the ballot and see how everybody would hate that idea. Um, you know, and, and then it was just not like just a Mexican, but put a Mexican grandma on the bill and make her president. <laughs> and, uh, and then it got into the point. Different. <laughs> well, and then I was saying the whole joke where I was like, dude, the country would never go hungry because when have you gone to a grandma's house and she let you leave without <laughs> some food? Uh, and I was like, you know, the White House would be really sparkling white and it'd probably smell like Fabuloso, um, you know what I mean, or something. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have missiles anymore. We would have chanclas and sandals, uh, you know, because every grandma <laughs> likes to hit you with a chancla or a flip. I'm sorry, white people, flip flop. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I, I think that's the whole thing. I created this bit out of this animosity that was happening. And uh, like Rob was mentioning before, the perspective. How do you see it? I went, well, shit, let's do this. So it ended up being a, a great bit. Um, and one of the times when I did that, when I very first did that bit, some lady in the front uh, row actually took off her sandal and said, I have a sandal. And I go, see, you're, you're the, I love you, girl. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're part of the bit now. So you also know what to expect because you're either going to do it. You either have to be her way or. You got a, a get right real quick. Yeah, and nobody would share. be jobless. <laughs> nobody would be jobless. My grandmother always told me there was something to do and would give me a broom to sweep. Uh, so everybody, you'd have really clean streets in America. I think there would be no And they homeless. get you up in the morning, uh, no matter how yeah. early it is. That's yeah. true. Yeah, be, there'd be no homeless. Uh, we've had 17 cousins uh, in, in the living room at once. I think that uh, she, she can make it happen. You know, let's, get, let's get it going. Ooh, yeah. Homemade tortillas? Oh, oh those are the best. Oh, dude, the fucking best. So good. Yo. <laughs> everybody just like, dude, fuck. Oh, yeah. I haven't had a tortilla in a while. So, yep, that's happening tonight. I'm about to go do that after we get off here. I'm driving down the street and going and getting some tacos. There you go. Nice. But I think that's one of the things like we were talking about, because re- I, I remember how the animosity was happening. Uh, with the election, things were getting split. I mean, with this COVID thing, I remember I was making jokes about COVID. Not that it's a funny thing that's happened, but I think that, uh, you know, the relief that's needed after something stressful, something, it's kind of like a natural thing that we do, right? I mean, whenever something happens, 
uh, sometimes we're like, we, we start to chuckle after it's a, it's a normal human defense. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I got to get that relief. I got to get that, uh, that break because it's too serious. My mind can't really process all that. Right. So we, we kind of do yeah. that normal, just chuckle anyway. We, we laugh it off. Right. It's not to diminish anything. And I think that, uh, situations and people that have certain beliefs or certain viewpoints, it's not diminishing you. It's just diminishing the situation, maybe how far it's going out off the rails, well, how like, you know, if, how it's, if you're uncomfortable, getting. you do something to kind of regulate it, you know, and that's laughter. Sure. It helps, sure. But I think it helps to balance yeah, I it think out. a lot of people don't see that, though, because it, they feel like it's an attack. It's an attack. Now, you got to understand, sometimes people have been attacked. Maybe that's where it's, it's compiling, maybe, you know what I mean? Um, so, and I understand that as a counselor, you know, I've dealt with people with traumas and pains and addiction issues and mental, you know, problems. So I get it, but, uh, it's, I don't think it's really meant as an attack, uh, per se. And, and it's not, it's just a way of, for me, cause I laugh at things when I'm uncomfortable, which is most of the time. And it's just a way of, of kind of <laughs> being okay with things, you know, you have to, you have to. I don't know. You have to make yourself okay. So giggling kind of works for me. I don't know. I like to laugh at things. I know Tina was calling me earlier this week, Rob, and we were trying to get everything set for the show. And I was just having a really bad week. And she's like, ha, 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 but she was laughing all the time. And it started getting me more <laughs> aggravated. And I went, wow. Like if this was Pac-Man, uh, I'm wishing I had a power pellet because I would eat the shit out of this ghost right now. Um, <laughs> It, it, it's just, see, it was, and now it was you know ag- I was uncomfortable. Thanks. See, and you no, were judgy, I and I was just trying to get through it. <laughs> no, I don't. I was driving with my Bluetooth on, just breathing. I was doing breathing meditative techniques, and Tina's just laughing out of her ass. And I'm just going, she probably has a Jamba Juice right now uh, laughing at me uh, or something. Stop. You're being mean. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny because I could be really in control or I could be really uncomfortable there. I don't know if there's a lot in between. And you when you're on a roll, there's a lot of energy. And, you know, and you were you were just putting it out there. I didn't know how to deal with that. And the way you say things like, let's just be honest, you don't say them that you're having a bad day. You're saying them to crack a joke, too. It's like you don't want to be in the mood you're in. So you're saying stuff to crack a joke. So what do you expect? Do I laugh? Do I not laugh? Do you want me to sit there? Do you want me to like, what do you want? Like, you know, but, but yeah, your energy, your energy makes me pull back and just kind of like. Float. And I, 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 I was hey, so Rob, I was having a discussion with Tina, I think it was weeks ago. And uh she was like, like I think I was just really like solemn, just serious, not not really like taking anything serious, but just like, and I think it's funny because it reminded me of a lot of people where they're like, Oh, you're a comedian. Uh tell me a joke. I'm like, no, I, I'm not that kind of Mexican. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I actually have money in the bank. I don't need to perform right now. But I think that uh my performance <laughs> I, I save it for the stage. Uh, Tina, you're right. I have energy, but I think it's like, like after we're done here, I'm not going to still stay at this volume of energy, right? I got to reserve it. I got to do what I got to do. And I think that that comes across in the comedy. You know what I mean? Cause you get like the real life. I, I get time to be me. I get time to just relax. What you see on stage is a very big portion of who I am. Uh, it's not just a bit, 
it's not just a character. It, it's who I am. But I, I also oh, no, have it's that definitely empathetic. who you are. Yeah, I also have that empathetic, that compassion. So I think in the laugh big page on, on Facebook that we're starting to get going, uh, me and Patrick Laborio, we're, we're actually filming tomorrow some serious stuff, some bios, some like real questions, getting on there to, to show people more well-rounded, you know, who they're following. Not just funny, not just ha ha ha, but, you know, some serious stuff, you know, um, maybe some pain that we've gone through. Uh, maybe, you know, the, the well-roundedness of what's going on. Uh, for me personally, I love to follow the comedian, but I, I love to follow the person more, to be honest with you. I love to follow the actor, but, you know, I love to follow, uh, you know, the, 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 the person more, um, you know, with Chadwick Boseman, uh, you know, hearing all the stuff that he went through uh, before he passed away and what he was doing and just hearing these, you know, tales of people giving back and helping. I mean, it just makes you want to follow their career more. And I'm, I'm kind of sad that. There's a lot of actors and, and rock stars and, and, and uh, comedians that we don't have anymore. You know what I mean? But it was just you, you feel the heart of the person and it's easier to follow the heart than just the joke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's and then you don't get so it. mad when they say something you don't like, huh? Eh, I wouldn't go that far. I'm not there yet. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you could hate on them anyway. Uh, I'll hate on him with love. How about well, that? Sure. I'll hate on him with love. It, with everything, it's still free speech. I think it, that we're we're not yes. going to like everything everyone says. You know, there's there's good and bad with with everything. And and look, the the best part about it is if you don't like that guy, don't follow him. Yeah, but I think it's also not only in, in what they say, but sometimes it's just how they say it, right? It's I mean, delivery. I think everybody's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's always trying to find, you know, something delivered in the way they want. And let's get real. Life's not always what we get and what we want. I mean, you know, so. Wouldn't it be nice if it was, though? (laughs) Not even close. I got an order up. (laughs) Just once, I'd like to see it. (laughs) You know, IRS would really be after my ass if I got what I wanted because I don't want to pay taxes. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But life would be amazing if it was Amazon and you just ordered it and it came. But unfortunately, it's not that part. You you shouldn't be able to order up and just have it. Well, and and not not just order it, but if you could return it, you know what I mean? Like this was cool, but mm, let's let's return it and get a refund. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A full refund. A full refund. A full refund. A full refund. Yeah, I don't like this one. Let's trade the color. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Something new. I'll take the brown one, please. <laughs> there you go. It's all about the brown, baby. Um, Y'all are too much. But our time is about up. It's uh, it's getting to be that time, Rob. Is up. Our time is coming to an end. Yeah. So, do you oh, want to start so Yes. So our time's coming to an end. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it. See, this is what happens when oh. you don't have production and a producer to talk in your ear. So, yeah, um, this is the end of the show. Uh, thanks, Big Adrian, because it's been a pleasure. We're going to actually say all your uh, cool social media stuff so people can go find you. Tina, now it's your turn to talk. <laughs> all right. So you could reach Big Adrian on Laugh Big on Facebook. Uh, the Instagram you could reach him at is Big Daddy L714. You could also follow him on his private Facebook page, Big Adrian private. Lopez. Private, right? That's Private. your own. Yeah. Private. Stop it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So thank you yeah. all for listening. Uh, so, so we're getting, big. we're, 
If so, laugh big for sure. <laughs> there you go, Rob. You're such a dork. Okay. So remember, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Outcast, Player FM, Facebook, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you could reach us at Instagram at capital D-G-T-T and also on Twitter. So if you have anything to say or have a comment or want to reach out, feel free to do so. We have an email as well. And thank you so much for coming on. I was, I'm happy that we did this. It's been a good time. I am too. It was awesome. It was great. I would love to come back whenever y'all need me. So that's cool. I think you should come back and we'll talk about a subject. We may take you up on that. Oh, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, I'd be down with that. We'll come up with some some crazy subject and uh, see if we can't uh, bring you back on and, and give a comedy spin to something shitty. Oh, I would love to do that. That'd be awesome. That's that would great. be fun. Or just a comedy spin to something else. Because, like, I, I don't know if you've listened to anything, but, like, the online dating ones are always fun because online dating is just bizarre as fuck. And, and yeah, uh, yeah, I got I, my spin on that for sure. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think we all do. I think anyone who's done it has some kind of spin on it because it's oh, definitely, yeah. definitely a, a bizarre thing. But, uh, yeah, we'll bring you on for something else, and uh, we'll go from there. Sound good? Awesome, y'all. Thank you so much. Hell yeah, that awesome. sounds awesome. And this is an Thank opinion you. show, so don't get it twisted. Uh, have fun. <laughs> laugh. Try not to be a dick. We'll see you in a, in a week. And uh, yeah, thanks, Tina. It's always fun. Bye, Robbie. It's always a good thanks. time. Thanks, Big Adrian. It's been a pleasure. And go to awesome, his Rob. Thank you, Tina, as well. Leave a message. Thanks, Big. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, big. y'all. Wow, that is something just I didn't wasn't ready to hear. Big. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, let's Shut just up that. and get off the freaking. <laughs> All right, guys. Are we done have yet? Fun. We'll see you in a week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>